Welcome to the show. This is Josh Thompson, pastor at Legacy City Church. I am here with Pastor Bill Buffington from Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, and we are here talking about what it looks like to be united in Christ in a divided world. So thankful you've joined with us today. Bill, welcome to the show. Blessed to be here with you, man. We are going to go to the phones here and uh, be taking some questions and phone calls over this next hour. And uh, here's a number if you want to write it down just in case, 888-528-2557. One more time, 888-528-2557. Don't worry, I'll give it to you again if you're hoping for it in just a second. Um, But as we're building this out and uh, talking about this topic, United in Christ in a Divided World, I kind of want to give you a bit of my story and uh, what causes me to really think deeply about these things and wonder why we are such at odds with each other in the body of Christ. Um, Over the years here in LA, I've had the privilege of being able to do coffee with people every single week for like seven years. We do like three to five coffee meetings a week. I met with over a thousand people for coffee. I know it's a lot of coffee um, and heard their stories and backgrounds and how God is working in their life. And I have loved hearing how God works through different methods, different churches, denominations, backgrounds, and countries. Um, I literally went from a Pentecostal upbringing, uh, was raised in it, to Calvary Chapel, um, Harvest Church, and Harvest Crusades with Pastor Greg Laurie. Here to L.A., I stepped in uh, with John MacArthur at Master's Seminary for a couple years, and now back, uh, finding myself in the middle of it all somewhere. Um, I love the communication skills of Pastor Greg Laurie and the the ability to relate to people in a down-to-earth way. I love the precision of the text in John MacArthur. I love the full of the Spirit, wanting God to move the Pentecostals, and trying to figure out how to land in a great place in the middle of it and still say gospel-centered, most importantly, sitting on the Word of God. I've met so many different people in the spectrum of Christianity. I like looking at it like a through a kaleidoscope. Really, when you look through a kaleidoscope, it's one lens, but it's got so many different angles. And uh, many true Christians who love God have different methods and views and are true believers. I think you'd be shocked if you travel the world to find so many different true believers full of the Spirit of God who love the Word of God, yet are maybe looking or living differently um, in their culture than you would expect. I know it's hard for some to hear this or believe this, but God loves the person who is a true believer who you disagree with just as much as he loves you. This is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. It's found in Revelation chapter 7, verse 8. And after this, it says, I looked and behold, John the apostle writing, that he saw a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, and to and all the angels that were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. This is what heaven looks like, not just our nation, every nation, every tribe, every nation, different languages. I love this. Jesus prayed, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is 
in heaven. The church should look and act like heaven. Our topic today is United in Christ in a Divided World, and uh, this has been a difficult year. We have a lot of division. Um, we got political wars. We got race wars. We got church wars. We got COVID health wars, vaccine wars. We have all of these disagreements and divisions, and it is really sad to see people throw their friends and family members, throw true believers under the bus simply because they disagree on something that is not essential. It's not gospel. It's not essential. And this is what we're talking about today. Let's talk about what it looks like to be united in Christ in a divided world. Again, I want to go to the phones. Here's the number again, 888-528-2557. One more time, 888-528-2557. Call in with your questions. And while we're waiting for the phone calls to come in, Bill, um, what are some of the steps that you personally take when you sit down with somebody who disagrees with you? How do we have a good, fruitful conversation even in disagreement? I think one key thing is that we have to come with a, I kind of come listening, you know, someone disagrees. Let me hear you all the way out. Mm. Um, if I start off defensively, I'm never going to even hear you. I'm mm. already concluded you're wrong. I'm right. And I'm just figuring out how to prove my point. You know, uh, as a believer, I think I want to slow down and listen. Um, maybe there's something valid you're going to say. Uh, maybe as I listen, I'm going to hear, Oh, this is where we disagree or this is where the misunderstanding comes from. Um, but part of having genuine conversation is I, we have to listen. And, uh, and so, you know, someone comes, if they have a, a real disagreement or issue, let me hear you out. Let me hear where the disagreement's coming from. And then as you know, when we want to address it, you know, biblically, um, prayerfully, I think most of all, humbly, we want to address the, the disagreement is this a, a doctrinal thing? Is it a biblical thing? Is it a, a matter of function? Mm. Um, so how how important is the right. thing that we disagree on? Because that's important too. Because if it's so low and important, it's like, hey, that's we can you know I, I'm I don't I don't necessarily need you to see that my way. Right. Um, you know this is this won't change your walk with God or my walk with God. Let's leave that alone. You know. So I think we had to listen. We want to be humble, and we need to gauge how how big of a deal is this? You know, is this does this this warrant an argument or a right. back and forth, or do we let this go? Yeah, we, what do we divide over and what do we not divide over? You know, I like to break it up into essential or primary uh, doctrines and uh, non-essential or secondary um, doctrines and teachings. Um, th- this is the problem in the church. We, we will divide. We will uh, tear down uh, other gospels. We will tear down and uh, arguments, not people, but mm-hmm. arguments and opinions of, of those who are preaching another gospel. The Apostle Paul tells us to do this, but we are actually called to love and serve our brother, especially, who's right in front of us, and maybe have a, a difference on a secondary issue. And we are not to be getting all ticked off at each other. We can get passionate. We can be bold. Uh, we can be fired up. I love this. I've been doing this for the last 15, 20 years with brothers. We'll sit around and debate and argue mm-hmm. and then go have a blast together afterwards. And and uh, we do this with our wives, right, Bill? You know, we uh, yeah. we get fired up and passionate, and then uh, we get to go get fired up and passionate <laughs> in different ways. huh? I mean, yeah. we get to go love our wives. But, but honestly, I mean, this is crazy that we can't disagree with each other in the church and still be friends. Talk about a terrible example 
to other believers, new believers, people trying to watch a church, watch us grow. And, and, and to the non-believer especially, um, them looking on saying, dude, the Christians can't even get along, see? Right. I think that's the danger of today with uh, social media. So much of the disagreement is happening before non-believers. You know, it's not brothers behind closed doors, you know, having a powwow in a healthy uh, way. But a lot of things are happening right before people that don't even know the Lord yet, you know. And so it's it's not a great invitation. Right. Um, and so – I think those are things we want to we want to be mindful of. I think as believers, we want to be careful about what we put out publicly. Um, I want to I'm careful whatever I put out publicly. I want it to I want Jesus to shine in it. I want it to I want it to be winsome. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to help people come to Jesus, mm. and uh, I don't want to be a part of anything that would be a hindrance to that. Mm-hmm. If you're just tuning in, uh, this is Pastor Josh Thompson from Legacy City Church. I'm here with Pastor Bill Buffington, and we're waiting for the phones here to line up. We had a call come in here, and it looked like it dropped already. But um, if you're open to tune in, you can uh, call 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Call in with your questions. If you want to talk about this a bit more with us, we'd love to have the conversation with you. Um, I think it is very important, especially when there is a great disagreement with another brother or sister. Um, sure, if you need some counsel or advice, maybe from another brother, that's fine to be able to discuss those things. But to discuss those things without without ever actually going to the person and sitting down and continuing the conversation is bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. Did Jesus not say, if your brother's in sin, you got a problem, go to them, here's a key word, Matthew 18, alone. alone. Alone, alone. Did you hear that? It's the word alone. Um, we don't go and start blowing it up everywhere on everywhere on every single media platform and blasting them and all the rest. We need to go to them alone first multiple times. We we should be so far overextended in the alone period and taking other brothers with us to go and talk to that brother that now there there was no repentance. He's still living in sin, and now we're going to blast him in front of the church. And I think in addition to the alone, it's the attitude. It's that mm. we might win our brother. Mm. So I'm going alone, Thank but I, I want to wing you. Yes. I, I don't, I don't want this. To, I want this to end well. That's got to be the motive of, of even approaching the brother that I'm, I'm in disagreement with. I want to wing you. How much more in the church? I mean, Jesus commands us to do this with the non-believer that we are to handle them with care. We can fully tear down. Jesus did this with his own words. He tore people down with his words but then he would look upon them with love and he would preach truth. And his motive was ultimately to declare truth to the non-believer. But most of the time we see him actually trying to win them, trying to reach them, trying to meet them right where they're at. Mm-hmm. And uh, sadly, most of the time we are not praying for the salvation of the person that we are tearing down. We're not praying for that non-believer and hoping they come to know him. This is a uh, big problem, and it was really exposed through 2020. I mean, it's like the Lord just pulled the curtain back on everybody, and everybody's standing around with, you know, looking crazy. I mean, really not knowing what to do. We look like fools uh, through mm-hmm. 2020 as a church. I mean, we had our opportunity to stand strong together and find our common lines in the gospel. And uh, sure, strike down opinions that are not of the gospel and are not of Christ. Um, but man, striking down people and destroying things. It was so sad to see. Uh, we got a call coming in here, uh, from Whittier. Monica is on the line. Um, Monica, welcome to the show. Can you hear us? Hey, Monica, are you there? Hello? Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for calling in. 
Thank you very much. Um, well, in listening to what you're talking about, um, especially listening to, to our pastor and how he conveys this message, I think that for us Christians and, and like you were talking about true believers, it, it's a little bit hard um, not to be divided when we see all these uh, progressive, you know, the new era churches um, teaching uh, principles and values to, to Christians that are so far-fetched that are not biblical. Um, and I think I think that's what has us even more divided. You're, you're really right. It's a great point, Monica. The, the progressive church today is uh, very difficult to navigate because a lot of times you can't lock down exactly what they're saying or what they believe because they, they don't know either, I think. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. We don't have clarity on a lot of those issues. I, but I would, I would also be very careful to completely condemn and tell somebody they're going to hell. I mean, this is very dangerous. I, I agree with you in that we need to navigate this well, and we need to just, what? Preach the truth. We need to preach the gospel. We need to clarify where they are not clarifying. Um, but I am, I'm going to take those steps and try to figure out where somebody is coming from and whether or not they're a true believer before I actually throw a bomb and declare um, online or somewhere they are going to hell. I mean, honestly, that's what we're saying. We're saying they're not saved. They don't know Christ. They're on their way to hell. And this is a, a terrible thing. Um, when Jesus says in Matthew 7, judge not lest you be judged, he's actually using the word condemn. It is condemn not lest you be condemned. It is, it is don't say that somebody is going to hell. Uh, this is God's working. He goes on in the chapter to say that we are to judge the fruit of a person to try to determine whether or not they are saved. The progressive church, it's very difficult to do so in this day and age. That's why we need to do it carefully. We need to dissect take our time and do it right. Um, but it is difficult in this day and age. Yeah. I, I would add to that, you know, as we, you know, see progressive movements and things like that. I think if churches that are just teaching people through the Bible, when these issues come up in the word, what I've made it an issue, a point of is not necessarily identifying that church or those people or that group, but when the topics of discussion come up in the word, you know, I'll be very clear that, you know, kind of like Jesus said, he said, you've heard that it was said this, but I say unto you, I would say, hey, there's the teachings are out there that say this or say that. But look at what we're reading right here. This is the word of God, you know, and so really want to teach people to reject those teachings. So I'd like to think that, you know, solid and true believers just wouldn't end up in those places, you know, um, and, and and in that sense, you know, we're, we're, we're doing right by them doctrinally, Um but if I don't know everything, I may not know everything that they teach or everything that they believe, but uh, there are some stuff out there that's pretty bad. It's yeah. <laughs> pretty blatant. So yeah. I think we can, you know, as you just teach the Bible, it's like, look, they're saying this is okay. It's not. Um, we just put it before them. And I do think it's helpful. You know, it's helpful to clarify. It's helpful to, again, especially another gospel that is clearly not the gospel of Jesus Christ to tear that down. Somebody asked me, should I listen to this preacher? Should, what do you think about this book? Um, I'm going to give them some real clear answers on those things. One of the things that really challenged me was the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, the church of Corinth, the most carnal church in the New Testament. And these guys are the one that Paul is writing to saying, I love you. I care about you. I'm for you. You guys look like a non-believing church. I know there's some people saved in there. So please stop doing these things. And he starts throwing down, uh, really trying to help them. Uh, get focused and get saved. Uh, some of them throw people out of the church. Even said it's interesting that the the lengthiest epistle, two of them, were written to the worldliest, most carnal church out mm. there. And um, 
it's to me a sign that God didn't throw them away. You know, he went hard at work to, to win them to maturity, mm-hmm. to win them to a better place. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have to wonder, do we have that heart? You know, when we see somebody there, they're worldly. It'd be easier just to say they're going to hell. We won't deal with them. We don't have to accept them. Uh, Paul went to work, two lengthy letters, and um, and some good was done in that. And sadly, there aren't a lot of churches that will do that for other churches or a lot of other pastors that will do that. They don't take the time to go and talk with that pastor. They don't take the time to go write a letter, sit down, spend some time. Um, Monica, you're still on the line. I don't know if that helped answer your question. We really appreciate the comment. Are you still there? I'm still here and listening to you guys. Yeah, I never met, you know, we, we, we as believers have to have to love them. We may not like their sin, but we have to love on them and always try to lead them, you know, the, into the right path. Um, and we cannot condemn anybody ourselves. However, um, what, what I tried, the point I wanted to get across was that we still have to live in truth. Right. Because yes, God is a right. God of grace and, and mercy, but, he, he's not a game, and he's nobody to be played with, you know? So if, if we know the truth, we have to teach truth, like I said, with love, because at the end, what matters is that we, leave it, we live eternally with him and his kingdom, and that, and that we preach, you know, what, what his word says. That's why he left that word for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're just tuning in, uh, we're talking about what it looks like to be united in Christ in a divided world. And we're here at the phones. If you're wanting to tune in, uh, give us a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Uh, thank you, Monica, for the call. It was a great question and a comment. We really appreciate you sharing that truth. Um, the attack on the church and the attack on our culture, the word is truth. Yeah. It really is. And, and we, we need to make that clear that there is a battle for truth going on now, and more than ever, pastors, brothers, those leading the church, if you're leading a a small Bible study, if you're leading a large Bible study, brothers and sisters in Christ, please, in the name of the Lord Jesus, teach the text. Mm. Just just minister exactly what it's saying. Um, There needs no magic touches on this thing. We just need you to exposit the text, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we will get somewhere in this culture. Make disciples with the text, and we will find this permeating our culture, permeating our lives, and let the Word of God do the rest. Amen. And I think we have to be careful about I, I see guys, you know, apologizing for the Word, you mm. know, or, or just uh, cushioning certain things. And it's like, no, just just teach that. Teach that like you teach anything else. You mm. know, give it out boldly and correctly. Um, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's the truth of God's word. It's, and it, it, the cool thing about the truth is it doesn't change. Amen. Uh, culture's changing. Beliefs are changing. Politics are changing. The world is changing. This has not changed. It's my grandma's truth. Uh, you know, a thousand, I mean, my, my great grandma, you know, the truth that she believed, it's still true today. Mm. You know, that it was a sin in 1965 is still a sin in 2021, you know? It is. It's the truth, and it stands forever. It doesn't change. It doesn't return void. Um, we've uh, got a couple more calls coming in here, I think. Um, we'll, we're going to wait just a second here. We're about to go to break. But this is important. The Word of God stands forever, and we need not be scared that it will return void. And we need not be scared that we're going to lose church members or people attending visitors because we have preached the clear truth of God's Word. Why? What's the worst thing that could happen? They get convicted of sin, they go home, they go and live in the world some more, and then they say, hey, when it's time to come back to Christ, I know where I'm going. Right. 
And, or maybe they actually get convicted of sin and they change in that moment. We got a call from San Diego, David coming in. David, are you there on the line? Yes, sir, I am. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Oh, my pleasure. This is my first time. Um, I actually wanted to first get your name again in um, your church because I'm actually looking for a church. Awesome. And we, so, my name's uh, Josh Thompson. We're Legacy City Church. We're actually in Studio City, Los Angeles. And Pastor Bill Buffington's here with me as well, and he is at Calvary Chapel Inglewood right here in L.A. as well. Oh, okay. So a little far out from A little me. far, but come up and visit sometime. We love that. Did you have a question? Yes, we sir. got just about um, one minute, and we'll go to break, but I'd love to hear your question. Then we'll hold, and we'll come right back to it. Okay, I think I can shorten it. Um, my question is, how do you speak truth to power, say, pastors? Um, because to me, I've seen like, there's a lot of pride where a pastor doesn't want to be wrong publicly. Mm-hmm. And so how do you speak truth or disagree with a pastor publicly without seeming like you are causing strife in a church or you're trying to embarrass or anything like that. You just have a different opinion and you want to speak it. This is a David praise God. Mm -hmm. This is a fantastic question and a, uh, a great little cliffhanger for us as we go to break. But um, this is what we need to talk about. There does need to be some correction in the church. Uh, This is pastor Josh Thompson from legacy city church. We will be right back. Welcome to the show. This is Josh Thompson, pastor at Legacy City Church. I'm here with Pastor Bill Buffington, and we are talking about what it looks like to be united in Christ in a divided world today. We are taking phone calls and questions, and uh, here is the number, 888-528-2557. If you want to call in, again, the number is 888-528-2557. And we've got David on the line with a fantastic question. Uh, he's David, are you there? Yes, sir. We were talking about um, how to approach a pastor um, who may be in the wrong or um, uh, may be doing something uh, contrary to what a member or a church congregate may think he should be doing or preaching. Um, and uh, so is, is it, that's the accurate question. Am I getting that right? Uh, yeah, that's part of it. But then also maybe even in a Bible um, study setting, um, you have a difference of opinion, got it, and being able to state that without seeming like um, you're just coming against them. Got it, got it. So more of a difference of opinion in the text. Um, is this would you? Is this a uh, a primary issue or a secondary issue? Is this a uh, essential doctrine of Christianity? Is this about the gospel or is it more of a secondary issue? Secondary. It's a Absolutely. secondary issue. So, so it's just kind of uh, you. You bring up an opinion about the text, or you bring up um, you're building out the text a little bit differently, or showing something, and he seems to not be receiving it. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, honestly, a lot of it has to do with, uh, I guess, two things. You know, the way a pastor um, has set things up, and whether or not he's willing to receive from those around him. If there's humility there, as you'd pointed out, sometimes there's some pride. Um, maybe they feel like you're, um, they feel sometimes that someone's trying to take over the study or trying to step on toes or, or change the direction of the study. Um, we don't know the relationship, but, um, 
other times, um, you know, it's very helpful. You know, when, when someone in a small group or in a Bible study or even after church, somebody will come up to me and say, hey, pastor, I don't know if you saw this in the text, but when you're teaching, you know, I saw this, this, this. I'm like, wow, thank you. That's incredible. I really appreciate that. It's very encouraging. Um, but, um, yeah, many times, um, obviously, there can be things that go wrong uh, in, these, in these situations. Yeah, I think wisdom, uh, I've had two different scenarios. You know, I've had the the small group Bible studies where, you know, there are different views, opinions, and people share them, and it gives us an opportunity to kind of build it out in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. I've also had a person that it felt contentious. You know, it felt, uh, we had a guy in a, a men's study, and um, he was, you know, he was contending for, you know, a certain end times perspective um, mm-hmm. that he had. And so I, at first it was, you know, with me and I was like, yeah, and then another pastor. And eventually it was like, bro, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. what, it's like, you, did you come with an agenda? So uh, I think there, you know, if we're going to disagree with the the speaking pastor, you want to do that with some humility. It might be best even afterwards to go up and say, hey, you know, I I view this text this way. You know, if, if the goal is really to kind of come to a common ground, it might not be the best thing to do in front of those that are you're teaching because if I feel like, man, what you're saying is so off in front of people that I'm teaching that I want to correct it and move on. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to give you the floor uh, to do that. So, um, you know, so that, that's, that's a matter of, you know, the, the setting, you know, yep. is it a large thing? Is it a small group thing? Uh, all of that. Um, but as far as uh, approaching a pastor about, you know, something where he might be wrong, I, I think that as a believer, we should, you know, we should be able to humbly approach, yes. you know, the person that's teaching us yes. and ask questions or bring things up and be heard uh, and, and, and get a response. You know, there's a biblical response to what's going on. I think we should be able to do that. If we can't, uh, you might want to find another place, you know, where, where the pastor can be, you know, I don't think any pastor is above, we're part of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not above being asked questions and seeing that Jesus, one of his favorite ways to teach was through the asking of questions. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't offend us when someone asks or is unclear mm-hmm. or I, I, I saw it this way. It's a teaching opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that we as pastors and as congregants are not getting angry and wanting to divide over a secondary issue mm-hmm. again. And and, and it, so two different settings in a small group setting, you know, somebody's teaching it's probably not best in that, especially if it's a hot topic, to, to bring it up in this way. Well, the text actually says, and, and, you're, and you're getting it wrong. You know, it actually says this here and then this and this and this over here. And kind of come off prideful as well and then steer the group in the wrong direction. And then the one leading it or the pastor is looking at like, okay, what's going on here? It's probably the best way to do that. But if it's like, hey, maybe it's in a question form. Hey, Pastor, I noticed this. What do you, what do you think that, that means? Or, you know, what, what, how do we explain this? You know, how, how do you reconcile these things? And um, again, I have people in the church, we, uh, we disagree on uh, eschatology, we disagree on soteriology, we disagree um, on, on many, on, on methodologies, we, we, we disagree on all kinds of things, ecclesiology even. Uh, people say, we want it to look this way, we want it to look that way. I say, I love that, that's great, I like that you like it that way, this is a secondary issue, and uh, <laughs> give me a hug, I love you, I'm thankful for you, and uh, this is the, the direction we're going. You know, and and it doesn't have to be a terrible thing. And so, um, David, I hope that 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 would help uh, with the way that you might be able to approach your pastor, um, and and hopefully there'd be some good conversation. Have have you approached him already, or uh, is this something you're hoping to do in the future here? 
Yeah, I have approached already. Um, Did it not so turn out really well? Or? General question. Got it. Um, it. It went fine because I was willing to hear whatever he had to say, but I also know that he was, he's more of a um, alpha male. Mm. So it's more hear me sure. and listen. Got it. So I just listened and then went on my ways. Got it. And that was it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, you're going to get different personalities in the church, but I would hope that predominantly we'd be moving in the other direction of, you know, again, just because we disagree, this is very important. Just because we disagree with someone about something that is not primary, not essential, doesn't mean we need to divide and leave and be angry and upset. Um, this is the way of the world. This is how the world acts. And so we hope we can go the other direction. It doesn't always work out that way. And maybe it's revealing of some other things, you know, going on. But, um, you know, we pray that uh, the Lord will continue to give you wisdom in the future as to how to do that. Thank you so much for your question, David. We really appreciate your time. Um, we've got another. Uh, you're welcome, brother. Um, we've got another question um, here from JT here in South Bay. Uh, JT, thanks for jumping on. Um, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you. familiar with your work, and I appreciate what you're talking about. You're getting to some good uh you know, some substantive You're welcome. Uh, topics here to talk about, so appreciate it. And uh, I've been listening to the show for many years, and I appreciated Frank Sontag and Frank Pastore and Warren mm -hmm. Duffy uh, for that. He wow. uh, was a wonderful man, and so uh, you guys have that kind of substance like they did and, and do. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I think that the, the baby boomers and the pre-boomers who have dominated the post-World War II era are the ones that are at fault for dropping the ball and failing to teach things to the Generation Xers, the Millennials, because mm. we got so caught up in ourselves. We made a lot of social progress, contrary to what people today may say, uh, in terms of laws that were passed and people who broke down barriers that were TV shows, movies, producers, directors, actors, whatever, mm. you know, sports. Um, uh, you know, we lost some athletes last year, like Bob Gibson and uh, Gail Sayers and Tom Seaver, who came from that era where there was a lot of progress made who influenced me who were good role models and uh, you know were Christians and they had their flaws but they were they weren't narcissistic like the current generation but I think we dropped the ball and we failed to teach the kids to have an appreciation of manners and mm. respecting our elders we rebelled against everything boundaries which you need in life uh, you know having basic uh, ground rules and structure which we all need and I think people want and so we've got the problems we have today and then we become politically correct and I'll close here. You know, we start, um, the ministers don't have, say, what Billy Graham had, where he had the, you know, he had the temerity to come out and speak about certain things, and so they they don't have the, the courageousness that someone like him mm. had. I'm using him as an example. Mm. And the next thing you know, and in, in, in in your, then it seeps into your pop culture where you start censoring, you know, Laurel and Hardy and all these classic movies and music, you know, even stuff that's not controversial. So, and then people tolerate this. Mm. And as what was it, Lord Acton said the, uh, you know, he said that famous quote: uh, the, "The the way for evil to flourish is for good people to do nothing." Right. So, uh, I blame people. They're, they they need they're too wussified, and they need to um, they need to stand up with some backbone. And you know, and this is not right. And uh, on a final note, when you were growing up, did you see Christianity under attack by people? Back in those days, people were Protestants and Catholics were respected if they went to church and believed in Jesus, and even non-church people. Back then there was a certain 
you know, there was a certain rule of thumb that you respected people, even whether you agreed or disagreed, instead of now you see all this hostility. So, I mean, uh, what's your what's your take? Do you, am I The things I'm saying, do they resonate with you? Am I making sense, or what do you think? Yeah, definitely, JT. Um, great question. And uh, if you're just tuning in, this is Josh Thompson and Pastor Bill Buffington, and uh, we're taking phone calls. If you'd like to call in, the number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. And um, yes, does it resonate? Absolutely. Um, I'm part of that generation. And um, I do use the word wussified, you know, and I, I know what you mean. Um, don't have a backbone um, generation that is, uh, are not courageous to stand up for truth and are nervous about it, are passive for sure, and are... Um, and, and are not wanting to be direct. We have a, an entire generation, yes, that have um, um, become apathetic. I think maybe that's the right term um, in their Christianity because it's been lush. It's been pretty easy. It's been pretty sweet. And uh, now um, we have to stand up for truth and we have to fight for truth. And there doesn't seem to be a backbone. Um, there aren't very many of them. You can count them on your finger. But um, we are trying to do the best we can really to call that generation to truth and uh, to rise up and to walk in Christ and to stand firm in Him. Um, we're going to pick this up in just a moment. Uh, this is Pastor Josh Thompson from Legacy City Church. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Welcome to the show. This is Josh Thompson, pastor at Legacy City Church. I'm here with Pastor Bill Buffington. And we are talking about what it looks like to be united in Christ in a divided world. And uh, we are taking phone calls and questions. The number, if you're trying to tune in with us, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh, just before the break, we were talking with JT. I hope you're still listening, JT. Um, his question was regarding the baby boomer generation and uh, raising up uh, the millennials kind of to be uh, to have plush life, you know, they they had it hard growing up and they wanted their kids to have a great life. And uh, it kind of caused a bit of apathy. And uh, the, this next generation has lost a little bit of backbone and uh, are nervous to be courageous, nervous to be brave, nervous to stand for truth. And uh, make no mistake, we are, we're not calling people to be jerks in their truth, to be, uh, to be flying off the handle in anger and hammering truth into people. But simply to stand firm in truth and not be passive in a culture that is trying to pound a new truth uh, into our minds and hearts. And so I am passionate about this, JT, and I am looking, I believe the Lord is looking to and fro throughout the earth to find someone faithful, a Moses of this generation that will rise up and will command the people to walk through the Red Sea and worship and praise God. And to stand firm in faith and to not waver from truth. We don't need to be jerks about it. We need to do it in love and great love and great passion and great boldness. And all of you parents listening, we need to get our kids involved. We need to get them engaged. And if they're not listening today, I want to challenge you today, parents, would you get them to listen to this podcast? Get them to jump on with us. I'll give you more information at the end here. You can find it on YouTube at Legacy City Church, our channel. You can go to kkla.com forward slash podcast, and you can find the live show right here. But we need to engage the next generation. Bill, do you see this? Uh, definitely. And um, I, I believe it, you know, some of it begins in the churches. You know, there, there are uh, pastors who won't say 
what the Bible says about some things. And so then we have churches and then we have members and people that are, that are weakened in that sense, you know? And so I do think it's the obligation, men that are calling some pastors, men that God has put in that position. We have to say what God says about everything. And um, I think maybe one of the motives, you know, why there's this weakening is there's a fear of men. Mm. People want to be liked. They want to be accepted. They want to seem the world has told us that to be loving is to, to love you. I can't say something against what you think, Mm. Um, but that's not love. You know, I can love you biblically while telling you the truth that you don't agree with, mm. you know? And um, I, I do think we need more guys that are going to just stand on the truth of God's word and believe that this is the the power of God to change a life, to save a soul is in the word of God It's living and powerful. And so we wouldn't compromise it. We wouldn't say less than what he says. We wouldn't say more than what he says. Amen. The book of Proverbs says that the fear of man is a trap, mm. but trusting in the Lord is safe. And the fear of man will cripple people, and it stops us from ministering truth. It stops us from standing firm. We're scared of what people think about us. That's what it is in the end. I'm just scared of that person's opinion. I'm scared they're going to cancel me. I'm scared they're going to get mad at me. I'm scared they don't want to be my friend anymore. I'm scared they're going to. And Jesus went through all this as well with his apostles, with his disciples, And uh, it's true, we're going to go through this as well as believers, but we have to stand firm in the truth, for the truth sets you free. we got to have the truth, and we must stand for it. And I think if if we can change our thinking to say, as long as God is okay with it, when I get done saying what I'm saying, if I'm good with God, you know, if God is, is honored in what I've spoken, then we'll deal with whatever outfall. I'll deal with those who stand with me, those Mm. who stand against me. I just need to be standing with God Mm -hmm. when I speak. And he will show up. He will be faithful. Um, Amen. That is a good word. If you're just tuning in, uh, this is Pastor Josh Thompson from Legacy City Church and Pastor Bill Buffington here from Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. We're answering phone calls and uh, questions. If you want to call in, the number is 888-528-2557, 2557. We've got David on the line here from Culver City. David, thanks so much for uh, tuning in. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think one of the problems with certain branches of evangelical Christianity is that evangelical Christianity has become way too political. Mm. I don't particularly want to hear my pastor's views on politics. And I also don't want to hear my pastor's views on medical mm. issues. I mean, I want to listen to experts on medical issues. I don't want to hear my pastor talk about don't get vaccinated. Right. It's a freedom issue. Getting vaccinated means you're scared. I don't want my pastors talking about that. Pastors don't know anything about those issues, and they should be talking about matters of faith, Jesus, the Bible, ethics, justice, but not politics and not medical advice. Right. That's a, thank you for your comment, David. Thank you for uh, sharing. Um, yeah, you know, I would actually agree with you to a large degree that um, the pulpit is not a place uh, for a political campaign, and it's not a place um, for us to be using an hour uh, to talk through medical advice. Uh, we aren't doctors. Uh, we're spiritual doctors, that's for sure. Um, and at the same time, the reason why many pastors are stepping up and doing this on any level is because there are actually, um, to to contrary to what you're actually saying, there are a lot of congregants who are asking, why aren't you saying 
something about these things. They look at pastors as a source of truth. And you are right that there are many pastors who are not educating these things and don't know what they're talking about and maybe shouldn't be saying a lot of these things. But at the same time, there are many in the church who are looking to pastors for advice. Literally, I've got hundreds of people walk up to me and say, what do you think about the vaccine? I want to know your opinion. You're a man of truth. I'm sure. Haven't you read the articles? Are you watching the news? Have you been listening to both sides? I want to hear what you think about uh, Democrats and Republicans. I want to hear what you think about um, the race wars going on. I want to hear what you think about COVID and what's going on in our... They want to hear opinions from pastors. Why? Because they are spiritual doctors, really, who are to be navigating truth in society. We're to be taking the biblical text of the Word of God and applying it to the culture around us, and that helps us interpret what is right and what is wrong. Um, Yes, there is overreaching in some of these areas. I'd agree with you on that, but I'm kind of giving you some of the backstory as to why um, pastors are stepping up and doing this. Bill? Yeah, I would just add that... um you know, I, I do believe, you know, I agree. I think the, you know, the pulpit and that platform God has given to uh, to preach the gospel, to preach the word of God, to lead people to Christ. Um, and at the same time, as we're preaching through the Bible and leading people to Christ, there are things going on in the world uh, that, you know, people want to know is there, you know, what does the Bible say about this? You know, mm-hmm. is this biblical? I've, um, like Pastor Josh, I've been asked by, you know, over and over and over again about the vaccine. Is this the mark? You know, is what do you think? People want to know what you think um, during the, the whole political thing. Um, you know, people want to know. Uh, now, I don't believe that just because people want to know that becomes my new job. Um, my job is still to preach the gospel. And there's some things uh, that would do more hurt than harm. Um, I do think some pastors can wax way political. Um you know, beyond, you know, what would be appropriate and necessary um, as a pastor. And so uh, I think we have to all be careful ab- about those things and, and how f- how much we get into it, how far we let it take us. Um, I think you can you can you can you can wade out into those waters so deep uh, to where it's like, man, you, you know, I got pastors that sound like political analysts and I, I wish they would just open up the book and preach the book. You know, mm-hmm. when I when I look out on a Sunday, I think of where I, where I'm, where I pastor, we're, we're definitely divided, you know, in terms of po- politically, uh, I know I have both sides, uh, with me every week, you know, um, and I wouldn't waste my gospel opportunity, um, bringing up those issues. You know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and preach the word and, um, and, and take people through the word of God and seek to lead people to Christ and make disciples. Uh, I wouldn't waste my pulpit time on a Sunday, when life and death are sitting in the pews, there are people yeah. that don't yet know the Lord. I would feel like that's the wrong time, wrong place, wrong message. Right. And I, I think that as we're preaching through the Bible, um, we are to be applying the text to our lives. The Bible actually instructs us. The Lord Jesus actually instructs us on matters of life and death, on matters of morality, on matters of society. And so the Bible does infiltrate all areas of the culture. Now and it permeates it, but it is while it is not an encyclopedia um, where you can uh, look up specific topics and boom, all of a sudden you have perfect answers. That's not what it is. It is a worldview. It is a lens in which we are seeing the world through, and it is important that we we teach through the scriptures and build that worldview, a biblical worldview of Christ, and then we are able to make uh, wise decisions um, when really these issues align with things in the text. Um, I know that's kind of uh, it's it's kind of generic, but I I really want 
to be careful at even speaking specifically to things because I think that sometimes people try to do this all the time. And before you know it, we're trying to use the Bible to support a political party. We're trying to use the Bible to support a specific person. We're trying to use the Bible to support specific way of thinking. And the, the truth is we should be getting behind truth. We should be looking at the truth of Christ and what he would say. And, and we're to look at a candidate that way. Look at what the Bible has to say about how they're voting. Look at what the Bible has to say about how the government is treating their people and what, he, what they're doing to their people. How we are to respond as people to our government. These things the Bible does talk about, and we are to apply it in real time in that way. But we are not, as Bill was saying, make a campaign about this entire thing and now use every single Sunday to start hammering something other uh, than the Lord Jesus and the gospel uh, to which saves. We were talking just a bit earlier, Bill. We've only got 30 seconds left. You know, I'm going to give it to you, Bill. All right. Well, as we wrap that up, man, I would I would wrap it up with this, guys. Um, I look at the politics, the, the the virus, all the things going on in our world. These things are passing away. We're pilgrims passing through. And if I could give one word, I would tell the church to put your eyes upon Jesus. Amen. Uh, be sure that you're worshiping Jesus. Be Amen. sure that you're spending time in the word, growing in your knowledge of Jesus. And be sure that your life is being influenced more by Jesus than anything else. Amen. This is Pastor Josh Thompson from Legacy City Church. Thank you so much for listening today. We'll be right back.